Okay, so what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to, again, Life on the Daily, and we are shooting episode two. And today, I'm going to be joined by a very special person. I have known this motherfucker for, what is it, nine years or something? Yeah, I think around nine years. Yeah, nine or ten. Yeah, nine or ten. So there he is. So some of you guys may know him, for those of you that don't. The intros are, are going to come in in like a couple of seconds. So yeah, ladies and gents, uh, tonight I'll be joined by the ever so gracious... Diego Veloso the third and for those of you that don't know Jiggy yeah uh, he goes by Jiggy uh, most people know him as Jiggy others know him as Diego but yeah uh, he's my best friend we have been for the past nine years or so we met in college right so oh yeah so yeah first and foremost Jiggy yeah brother welcome to the show man so well what's thank up? you what's for up? having me man thank thanks for having me and uh uh, hello and good day or good evening to everyone who's uh, anyone who's listening. My name is Diego. I've known PJ for, as he said, nine to ten years. It's been it's quite a while. Long, oh is, yeah, that is pretty long. I kind of feel my age. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I, How much more for me? I'm I'm one year older than you. Well, I'm let's not dwell on age. It's like I, I did, bro. I did try to like say that I'm just twenty something. You know, I'm, we're not we're not disclosing age, but. Okay. Da- God right. damn, I, is, I get it. I get that it. That is quite. A, that is that has been quite a while. I must say. But yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jiggy and I met in college, uh, through a mutual friend of mutual ours. Mutual friend, yes. <laughs> right. I mean, we're not. <laughs> what's up? That we. That, that's what's up, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, we met in college. Um, it's crazy. I, I remember the first time I met this dude. It was like at a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we, he was still on the good good back then. If you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I I remember first meeting this guy. I wanted to punch his face right away because like, <laughs> I thought he was that typical, you know. Hey, what's up? Y'all want this? So I got one more. If you know what I mean. Like for those of you that know, that know, you know. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So basically, uh, yeah, Jig and I have been friends for nine years, nine ten years. Uh, we can't keep track, uh, and we've pretty much seen seen each other, I guess, grow. You'd say. One could say that. Yeah, and right? I would agree. Yes, and, it's uh, it's been one hell of a ride, and uh, uh, oh yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but yeah. So for today's episode, I want to be talking about mostly about you know finding your own path. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Jiggy and I have both been stuck in the same rut once in our lifetime. I think this was 2014, I think, or 2016. I can't remember which. But yeah, there was a point in our life, lives rather, that we just pretty much didn't know what to do. But look at us now. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that we've found our own path, but we're still finding. And I think we're on the right direction, right? So, so yeah. Uh, Jiggy, you might as well like you know tell them something about yourself, like just maybe a short intro, so that people know what's up. You know? Okay, well, uh, as I said, I've been uh, BJ's best friend for quite a while now. Uh, right now, I'm a I work in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, wholesale. I also do a little bit of stocks trading, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I do from uh, on the daily. And as PJ said on finding one's own path in this uh, very trying age bracket mm-hmm. it's uh, a little bit more common than you may think i mean my sister she told me that when i hit 
like、uh, I was already in my 20s, she told me, Haha, you're gonna get your own quarter life crisis now.、Mm-hmm. And I was like, What? She said, Yeah, everyone who goes through that specific age is gonna go through a period where they're gonna be like, What am I gonna do now? What is next in line?、Mm-hmm. What is gonna be the next chapter in life? And you're just gonna be racking your head. Back and forth between all your options,、uh, trying to weigh things, and you may you may feel a little bit helpless, and that's fine because you're in the same boat as a lot of other people around the world, not only among your <laughs> friends. That is true. And, and yeah, that that is something that、uh, I did go through, and it is something that I struggled with for quite a while.、Uh, in college, I wasn't really the Best、uh, exemplary student.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, vouch, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Definitely, 100%. I've seen it all, brother. Uh huh. Though,、uh, slowly and surely, I was able to pick out things that did pique my interest one way or another.、Um, and that was mostly related to my course, which is、uh, marketing. And that's、uh, really where I found that. You know, I I might like this. I wasn't very passionate passionate about it. It wasn't yeah, really something that set fire under my ass or something and yeah, got me going. Yeah, yeah. But、uh, it was worth a shot. I mean, I was in college for that course, yeah. So it was worth a shot. So right when I graduated, I told my dad, you know what, I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be working for the family company for now.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, well, I didn't mention a while ago that our, my whole、uh, my pharmaceutical wholesaling is part of a family company.、Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I did、uh, work for a little bit, maybe a few projects here and there, but nothing really full time.、Mm-hmm. So, well, right when I graduated, I told my dad, "You know what? Let me stop for a while. Let me see if I can get a job on my own. Let me see if I can carve my own path."、Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful. That、uh, I have a very understanding father who said, "Yeah, sure, go ahead, do what you want. You're your own man now." And I did. I applied for a few jobs. And、uh, one thing that was very apparent to me was that in a lot of these jobs, I was going to be in a position that wasn't really. How do I put this? It was already the pay was fine. The pay was fine. I mean,、yeah. for some jobs they were they were okay, but for other job offers they were already a little bit more than what I would get from our family business. And、uh, when I would weigh the options between what I would be doing my responsibilities、yeah. in either, it didn't really add up well. I mean, at the end of the day, I would still pick the family, family business. business. Yeah, definitely, yeah. rightfully so. Right? I mean. I mean, I I get you when you say that you know the other offers have competitive pay that it can、mm-hmm. be even even double or triple what your family business would pay you. So, yeah, because like I even remember, I tried hooking you up with my first job back then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the trainer post. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a pretty good offer. Like that was like thirty grand way back twenty eighteen,、mm-hmm. which was I think. Above 
the economic standard back then for any fresh graduate, right? I wouldn't know. I mean, uh, once I came to that realization that uh, honestly, I might as well just stick with my family's business because I'm paying, being paid <clears throat> roughly the same amount. Yeah. And I don't need to leave the house that often. I yeah. don't need to travel across a huge metropolitan city every mm, day. True. That'd be true, though. That'd be true. I wouldn't be spending on my lunch food, on my commute. I wouldn't be pooped out of my mind when I get to work and when I get home. So yeah. It, it was a no-brainer choice for me, man. Definitely. Because, because for, I think... In one, I mean, one area that we actually clicked on is, is that both our fathers had their own business, right? I think that's one common area we both dwell on. And both were into pharmaceutical. Yeah. And, you know, like, we we always had this notion as men, you know, mm-hmm. as our fathers have their own business. Like, it's, it's like an unspoken rule that sooner or later, as the son, you're it bound will have to take to be over. Yours. Yes. Right, but of course we, we both of us have different paths. Like, I think there was one point in our lives where we thought that we should carve our own path, right? Whatever that may oh, be. Yeah. And I oh, thought yeah. back then that carving our own path meant us, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going different routes and not, you know, living in our father's shadow, as so mm-hmm. as, so to speak. But yeah, I guess that was just a misconception back then. Like. We barely knew shit back then, right? So. Oh yeah, the uh, the amount of uh, naivete, so to say, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it is something that uh, when I reflect back on, it's uh, very common with uh, especially people in the eighteen year old region to the twenty year old region, where in one way or another, they already have a view. They already have an idea of how the world is, how life is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm listening. But usually in that age bracket, you would be still in school. You would still be sort of sheltered in the in the uh, in the within the confines of your own family. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you get out there, more often than not, it is going to be very different. The world is going to be very different from what you have had in your head the picture you painted for yourself is they're going to be very different yeah and that's going to be a very big shock to you and that's fine as long as you recognize that it is different and you try to work your way around it that's fine very well said if i do say so myself like did you rehearse that in the mirror or something dude dude. no i swear to god that was that was poetic i i gotta give it to you man seriously all jokes aside though that, that was <laughs> very well said though i mean i think it hits home for a lot of people you know i think it does because it is also something that i went through where when i was in college i'm like oh yeah when i graduate i'm gonna be this i'm gonna do this yeah and uh i'm gonna get my friends and we're gonna do this i'm gonna get a girl and we're gonna do this gonna i already i got a whole plan all right laid out right right and yeah i mean things just never really went that way or how we expected it to be right yeah because looking back i mean it's crazy how i will i wouldn't say how things died down but 
how things toned down for us. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember back then in college, like, I don't know what the fuck we were doing, but, <laughs> dude, like, we would cut class, we would skip uh, midterms sometimes even, and we would just, what? Go to Starbucks and sit there for hours, right? Yeah, or if just not Starbucks. Drink. It would be Expo, man. We would be, be drinking at 12 noon. I remember that one Friday we had at Expo. We were, we were there at 12 noon, and we drank, like, what? 14 cases of beer oh it's yeah it's crazy God. i don't want to do that again but it's i mean in relation to what you said you know like where do you think amongst those crazy things that we did that you felt <laughs> the pressure of like what comes next what comes after this because i mean i would say i've seen us mature mm-hmm. from seeing both our asses every day yeah you know, extremely clingy to it became weekends just weekends then and mm-hmm. now we well we go out and see each other at least what i think once a year twice a year yeah especially <laughs> myself that i've been stuck in dubai but i mean i mean this is one of the times when i could say i haven't seen you since the plague exactly right <laughs> So, where do you think along the way your that your midlife your quarter life crisis hit you? Because like, I'm pretty sure we experienced it at the time, but I, I don't think we recognized it as the quarter life crisis. Because like, I think it's safe to say that we were just distracting ourselves from the reality of adulthood back then. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, where do you think it all started for you? Like, because. For those of you that don't know Jiggy, I remember this man originally wanted to take up culinary, if anything. Am I, am, am I right yep. that? Right? That is true. That is true. Sadly enough, the man can't cook. I mean, no, no, I can cook. Oh, My sense goes. of taste is just very weak. Right. And yeah, he, I remember he, he would tell me that, you know, you can't leave him unattended because. He might burn something in the microwave. Like, who does that, man? But that was back then. That was back then, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just from like figuring, just from the aspect of figuring your own path. Like, there you go, right? I mean, this man right here, like, he wanted to do culinary initially, but he stuck with marketing. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I think this was after graduation. You wanted to become a pilot. Right. I didn't really want to become a pilot. I just uh, was approached by someone, I can't remember where, that they gave me this flyer for this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. flight exactly. school. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 this one. And so, they asked me if uh, if you'd be interested in anything, come attend, uh, like a, come by our facility, check us out, we'll give you a tour, we'll explain stuff to you, how it's going to be. I'm like, that sounds fun. So... Uh, my father and I went there. I can't really remember where it was, but it was really a great place. It was an amazing place yeah. with a very amazingly high price. Well, you know, flight school. Doesn't, <laughs> I mean, it is I mean, flight school. Yeah, it doesn't come cheap. But yeah, I mean, going back to the topic of figuring out your own path, like I think this happened after you graduated, right? Yes. And we even had plans, you and I. And I know this is so romantic. But do you remember that time when we, when we were talking about migrating to Canada? Because like, I do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like... remember. I was gonna ask my aunt 
in Canada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If she that. could help us find a place to stay over yeah. there. Yeah, right. So there were so many scenarios and instances that we pretty much didn't know what to do. And yeah. we didn't recognize the quarter life crisis then. So as for you, like going back, mm-hmm. like what was the defining moment moment for you that okay this is it like i don't know where to pick myself myself up like Mm -hmm. how do i do it like what do i do so what was it when was it for you and like how did you do it and what did you do about it rather i'm just curious it was towards the tail end of college when i was already when i was already very sure that i was going to graduate when i already knew that i passed all the last of my classes i finally passed so yes, I finally passed the counting after like two tries. <laughs> Can't remember two or three, but yeah, I finally passed everything. And yeah. graduation was looming. And that's when it hit me like, holy shit, what am I going to do after this? What the fuck am I going to do after this? Uh huh. Where am I going to go? What's next? Because... Up until that point in my life, everything has been predetermined. Mm. And uh, and I'm sure this is... Uh, a lot of people will feel this is also the same thing that goes on in your life. That when you're a child, you're expected to do things. You go to school, mm-hmm. do this, do that, do some chores and whatnot. Yeah. And when... Uh, when you're a teenager, you do these. Uh, you go to school again. You try to get through puberty as best and as least awkward as you can. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you get to college, and well, a lot of people have different college experiences, and there are other people who can't remember their college experiences because they were too drunk during college. Yeah, and, and fall into the ladder, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, and after college, it's blank. There's nothing there anymore after college. That mm. is already... If um, if your life was a book after... Usually after college, there's... And some people may uh, disagree with me on this and may have happened earlier, later. It's all right. But at least in, at some portion in your book of life, the words end and it's just a blank page right there. And... So- for some people, it can be daunting to fill in their next page, and uh, mm-hmm. for some for people, it's people. Uh, for some people, it's fine. They already know what to put there, and honestly, good for them. That's a. Uh, it's great to know that a lot of uh, some people figure it out quite a while ago, but a lot of people out there still haven't. And uh, yeah, it was uh, around about that time after college when I had to ask myself okay enough with the drinking Mm -hmm. put the video games on pause I need to figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do now so I applied for jobs jobs that I weren't even wasn't even sure if I would be very passionate about because Mm. one thing that that uh, really brought me back into the family's pharmaceutical business is that it's it's a wholesale business. We don't manufacture anything yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. And uh, was one thing my father told me when I was young, and that is, even if you are 
a very wealthy businessman mm-hmm. is very possible for you to be very depressed. Oh, I can completely relate to that. It is a it you must never strike that from any of the possibilities. Mm. And uh, it's very easy to get burned out because, well, my dad, he did use to work off his uh, pencil pushing jobs, as some people would call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very sure he's had his own fair share of burnout. Yep. And one thing that he told me is that try to always think of the end user you're helping out. Hmm. Okay. And since we're working in the pharmaceutical industry, the end user is almost always a patient Uh who needs help physically. And to always use that as your motivator to keep working, to do a good job. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. That is a very good note to start with. But Mm -hmm. would you say that that was the reason you kept pushing because like I mean because I think we're very similar you and I in Mm -hmm. that regard because we were just figuring things out in our early 20s oh yeah yeah it was it it was pretty much the same for me right like applied to different jobs yeah my heart wasn't in the right place at the time like like can I really I mean skill wise we can do it with Mm -hmm. without a doubt like no bragging we can do it but or we can learn to do it. We can learn to do it, right? Yeah. But motivation always plays a big factor, especially when you when you've just finished school, when you're still figuring things out. Like, yeah, you need something that really moves you, and or as people call it, you you need to have the passion for it. Yeah. And yes, I do remember like we would have tons of talks back then, that would last as last as sometimes even until uh, daybreak. Oh yeah, but it was it was mostly you know like uh, you telling me that you know you your heart wasn't in the family business back then. So would you say what your dad told you about thinking about the end user was that like a major factor as to what brought you back into the family business? It wasn't really what he told me because he told me that when I was still a young boy. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that I remembered it. Oh. That's what's that's what brought me back because with all the other jobs i mean uh, uh, other job opportunities and uh, all the interviews that i attended um they were they were good i mean uh, i could really see myself helping out someone who uh with uh whatever job I, or responsibilities i'm charged with however with the pharmaceutical industry i was already quite familiar mm-hmm. i already had a head start in it one yeah. way or another. I mean, as minor as that head start is, it's still a head start. Mm-hmm. And that's really what brought me back. And uh, that's really what uh, brought me back. And what I mentioned about thinking about the end user, thinking yeah. about whoever you're helping out down the line or at the end of the line, that's mm-hmm. what made me stay. And uh, well, to just uh, butt in, since this is this isn't really something that takes up all my time. I decided to put my, what, I, what I learned and what I could try to remember from college. And that's how I got into the stock market, really. Interesting. Because I think 
when it come i mean what you said about you know like what's the next step what's the next page for you yeah i do believe that this is the first time i've heard from you because i've always had this uh thought that you amongst mm -hmm. all, amongst all my friends know what's next for yourself so it was it's just you know I mean, it's not a shock but I, i was i guess i'm just pretty surprised that you had that thing going for you back then because when it would come to the idea of you you know like i would always tell people that yeah he's going to take up the, fam the family business one one mm -hmm. way or, or the other you know mm -hmm. sooner or later he's bound to take it even though we've spoken about you know your your heart not being there and you wanting to pursue a different career or carve your own path mm -hmm. but i think that's good you know i'm, I'm happy for you that, that you found your own path but thank you on like hypothetically speaking like mm -hmm. do you see yourself anywhere else if not in the family business right now like what do you think you'd be doing hmm well there's a there are two ways to think about that the first the practical way and that would be i would probably some be somewhere in the real estate industry really yeah Holy crap, I never saw that coming because like what I had in mind right now is that you'd still be with PNB uh, because he did an inter he did you, you interned at PNB, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I thought at least from at least for me is that you would stick there. Okay, that's interesting. Real estate. And what's the second one? The second one is what I would call the fun one, and that is hypothetically speaking, if all jobs paid the exact same wage and let's say that wage is very very livable i would probably be a blacksmith <laughs> mm, oh yes okay yeah yeah this i remember because one of jiggy's interests for again those of you who don't know diego is that yeah he is he, I, would, i love knives yeah he loves knives i mean y'all that know him i'm sure you guys can confirm he's crazy about knives and guns but he's not a yeah. psychopath he just loves knives and guns and didn't you mention was it a blacksmith or was it being a woodworker but yeah basically either the guy's, or but basically the guy is pretty good with his hands like handyman like yeah he, like yeah he knows stuff about i i would say what the old arts i guess i mean i <laughs> you i rarely see blacksmith these days yeah the uh with the advent after the industrial revolution uh, mm. the need of the blacksmith has sort of dwindled over the right because like country yeah i mean most have switched to factories and yeah. i think the only countries that still have blacksmiths are japan and uh, i guess some southeast asian countries but yeah america. first thing that comes to, yeah okay yeah of course america yeah forge and flame right history channel what's up so mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy because Yeah, I remember, I mean, on that note about, you know, if, if, it, if it was for the fun side. Yeah, we both had the same thoughts. If you would be a blacksmith, I think I'd be happy as a farmer. Because mm. we would just want the simple life, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, myself, I grew up in the province, uh, fairly quiet. Mm. And when I moved to the city, when I was in high school, the city being Metro Manila, mm -hmm. I told myself, wow. This is a big, big, very noisy city. And mm -hmm. at first, I, I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed the hustle and bustle. And uh, as time went on, I sort of uh, wanted a quieter life now. I just wanted uh, things, uh, simple living, very honest work. And uh, well, one thing that I always have had a passion for is any job that requires manual skill. Mm-hmm. And that's really what what drew me to uh, blacksmithing, knife making, even firearms. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in one way or another, there is an element of manual skill involved. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if you know this, PJ, but sometimes when I'm just scrolling through my Facebook videos, yeah, when I get to a video about a makeup tutorial, I watch it and I'm like, that is so cool to watch. The symmetry that one can achieve with sheer skill of the hand. Okay, yeah, I think the I get blending where, I of get where colors. You're from. Yeah, the manual control, the dexterity that that is very fun to watch for me, and that's something that's. I actually suggest that for listeners around the world or wherever you are, whatever job you hold, whatever is your livelihood, if that is not your passion. Keep your passion at the back of your head and keep that alive. Whether you're not going to get it as a job, that's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as your true passion, you maintain interest in that and you keep it at the back of your mind. Because uh, that is a lot, that is one of the major things that will help you tick on the day to day, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I can completely respect and understand that because. I myself can appreciate the craftsmanship that goes in to such things. Like, and I think, you know, I get where you're coming from because there is something about, you know, man-made beauty. If, oh yeah. That just especially with your hands. Oh, exactly yeah. right. Like for me, I think it would be watches. Like I think I mean I've I've said this to you uh, before. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen that sake the the, the a master watchmaker assemble a grand seiko this was in i think 2019 yeah yeah yeah. the craftsmanship that goes behind into making small mechanical objects oh yeah things we take for granted things that are overlooked yeah yeah i can respect that but yeah that's amazing i mean that is true i mean very well said yeah and that's also thinking back on my uh previous toying with the culinary arts the interest in that uh, industry thinking back on that that is probably why I got interested because I would see these chefs on TV and in YouTube with these magnificent creations and to think that they just made those with their hands oh yeah definitely I can relate to you on that level the skill is just very it's it's just wow so I know. That, that's, uh, that's uh, probably why I had some interest in uh being a chef mm-hmm. even though i have horrible sense of taste <laughs> well yeah but yeah i i can still get i still get what you mean but like how can these two hands make something like just so pristine right oh yeah i mean i think that's the same reason i also kind of got hooked on knives it was because of you but i think the main the root point is, i think is is what you so eloquently put it, I guess, which is, I guess, rings true. A fascination with uh, exactly. the skill of manual labor. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Okay, well, 
Well, how about this? Because most people suffer from burnout nowadays. Most oh, yeah. people, because like yeah. it's true. You can see it. You can hear it. You can hear it in their voice, their tone. Yeah. How about for you though? Like, because <clears throat> uh, if you've had the burning desire for things made, made with your hands, I've mm-hmm. always been intrigued about how things work, whether it be mm-hmm. people or not. Yeah. So how about you? Like, I mean, how? What, what, what gets you going now that you are in a point of your life where mm-hmm. you're pretty much happy with where you are, yeah. where you're in, right? Mm-hmm. So what keeps you going aside from the money? Because let's face it, everyone's pretty much motivated by money. But Yeah, that is true. Rightfully uh, so. Living yeah. in the Philippines, it's, it, it is crazy. Uh, if you're an expat, you would say it's cheap. But if you're a citizen, it's, it's weird how how expensive things are in the philippines just cost of living alone is crazy the tax so how about you like right now coming from reen this point in time Uh what keeps you going especially on the daily because i mean now that you're uh dwelling in stock playing with stocks rather and you know you're, now that you're managing your family business, now that you found your flame or your flower. Oh, no, I'm so not speak. managing my family business. I'm just working part in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much, I mean, still on, on that note, right? Now that you found your flame, which most people still struggle with, Yeah. what keeps you going to keep that flame, you know, on fire? Like, how do you stoke it every now and then when you hit a bump in the road? Well... The first thing that I do is try to think, as I said earlier, think of the last guy down the line that you're helping. And usually okay. for me, that that's already good enough. But I understand that for other people, it's still going to be difficult, especially when your job is very difficult. It's very taxing on you mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. And you have office mates or workmates that don't really play ball as much. Mm-hmm. So, well, I personally don't experience that because I don't really have office mates. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Though. It is. Like, it is basically myself and the rest of my family. That's it. <laughs> okay. So, mm-hmm. um, how, where I I do get a little bit burned out sometimes with the stock market. Mm-hmm. There are weeks where I just can't make. I can't say, sell anything. I can't convert a gain, a uh, monetary gain, because a lot of my stocks are uh, are just uh, have what's called a paper loss. They're all in the red. If I sold them, I would lose money. I would actualize a loss. So, and I don't have any more money to work on it. So, when usually when that happens i just try to think of uh i don't know think of um try to think about it on the long term because Uh uh-huh at the very least i can just leave my money invested in that stock and given that it's a pandemic all stocks are down once normalcy resumes it's gonna be uh, a little bit okay for my portfolio, I guess. And that's also one thing that I think a lot of people can apply in their 
daily job or with uh, where when they're dealing with burnout is that try to think about the long term. I mean, I'm not going to be giving advice, but yeah, this is course. just something that I would do to myself that I would tell that works myself, for you. Yeah, this is what works for me. Okay. I mean, people are different. So uh, one man's poison may be another man's, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be different from person to person. So one thing that I try to tell myself is I try to think about the long term because take, for instance, take, for instance, hypothetically, a person who is working in an office and has horrible workmates. Yeah. And they're being really nasty now because there's an issue going around the office. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, well, things aren't really panning out the way you want it. So Mm -hmm. if I would be in that situation, I would try to tell myself, you know what? It's just an issue. It's going to pass. Like all gossip, it's going to be fleeting just as it is trivial and shallow. And uh, it's just going to pass and things are going to go back to where they once were. So whether that was a, a bad thing to do or a good thing to do, that was that's going to be different from person to person. I'm not giving any advice. That's just what I would do. Mm, okay, point and taken. Granted, <clears throat> I have to put this out there that I don't really have that much experience working in an office with multiple people. Uh-huh. Honestly, I do not. So my view on this is going to be very constrained. So I apologize if uh, this comes off as a little bit insensitive to a lot of other people. But uh, yeah, that's what that's what I would do. Okay. Think about the long term. <clears throat> well, how about like in the mundane parts of the day or the week? Because I'm pretty sure there are going to be days when you wake up and you're just like, you know what? I have no energy for everything today. Like... How do you get past, you know, those types of days or weeks or those times when you know you got to hustle, mm-hmm. but, you know, the circumstances around you really aren't working for you or with you for that matter. Like, just to close this off, like, yeah, <clears throat> how do you... Well, get- one way or another, discipline is going to come into that. Now... I I understand that uh, me speaking for myself, that's not really the uh, most relatable thing uh, because my setup right now is, uh, I know it's different and I know a lot of people are, have have it a different way. Mm. And um, uh, to some degree, discipline comes in and it's a... well, there's one thing that I have noticed when I was in college and the years after. Mm-hmm, which is? That's, uh, there's this fascination with motivation. Sort of this romanticizing of uh, motivation. And I think that sort okay. of came from motivational quotes and uh, how they became viral back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. And one thing that... I have uh, read, and I think this rings true to everyone, and that is motivation is fleeting. Motivation is very dependent on that motivational stimulus. Mm -hmm. It is great. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's great, but you can't really rely on it. True. It is an external stimulus that uh, 
that you derived drive from. However, mm-hmm. discipline, on the other hand, that's something you build in yourself. No st- external stimulus necessary. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really you know, when when uh, when a rut comes in and you can't really get out, and you have no motivation to drive you on. What are you left with? You're only left with yourself. So, uh, at the end of the day, you are your last and best cheerleader. And yeah, that's a uh, that's all I gotta say on that. I can definitely, you know, say that hits home for me because, I mean, you got no one else to pick you up, right? Like, except yourself. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, there there's gonna be a lot of people out there who have a net of friends and family but there are also a lot of people out there who are by themselves yep they are their first their last and their best cheerleader for this yeah like yeah they they are the best shot they have right basically yeah right but yeah but yeah i think yeah that rings home because you know like most people think they need an external factor for motivation be it a partner be it that mm-hmm. new car or the newest iPhone 13 or yeah. whatever whatever the newest model is and that's okay yeah that's fine that's okay but yeah that yeah. is true because it is fleeting because say for example that you do get that new car you do get that new house mm-hmm. you do get that new iPhone mm-hmm. again begs the question what's next yeah you're gonna have to find another motivating factor to keep you going exactly which may or may not happen so yeah I, I i that is very nicely put you know like it really it just has to be discipline so i mean uh, discipline may be a harsh word of saying it but uh one could also say yourself mm-hmm. once your motive uh once that motivational stimulus doesn't exist and you're, uh, gone, right? you're left with yourself yeah you have no one else but yourself that's it <laughs> so you exactly. might as well put yourself to good use to bring you up you know uh, drive you on very good point very david goggins if i would say so myself but joking aside it 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 is true you know Mm. so yeah well pretty much i think we should close out this episode uh jiggy again once again thank you for joining me no thank you for having me man and who knows maybe we could still have you on the show sooner or later cool cool. hopefully that'll be great when we can be talking about other topics but yeah, uh, I mean, you want me to put your socials on this episode? Okay, no, no, I think no. y'all heard it now. <laughs> no, right? sorry, sorry, folks, but uh, I like to keep a personal, <clears throat> which I can respect. Life. I yeah. hope the the listeners can respect as well. But yeah, pretty much that sums up everything for this episode. I mean, uh, it was pretty much Jiggy who carried the whole episode, if I may. So. But she made very good points if you actually listened. So, yeah, once again, uh, thanks again, Jiggy, thanks for joining me. And thanks for having uh, me, man. Once again, people, this is Life on the Daily. And thanks very much for joining the show. And I wish you well. Peace out. Y'all have a good one.